Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. It's your girl, Sonia McQueen, with your mind, your body, your choice. So thank you all um, for staying with me throughout the year. I do have one other interview I am going to post. It is not going to please everybody, but that's okay. You have to be able to speak your mind and speak your truth and know that everybody's truth isn't yours. Um, my guest is going to speak about racism and how it has affected his life and I already know a lot of people don't want to hear about that or they don't want to face it, but it's real. It really is. And I, you know, in the interview, I was saying I have so many people in my life of all walks, all races, nationality, gender, um, and I'm accepting of everybody and they're accepting of me. We all care about each other. And racism, racism has never really been a factor in my life. My dad was military. And so I was raised around different races. And then I went into the military. I never in my life saw an all one race community until I got out of the military at 32. I was going to visit a friend and I drove through a neighborhood and everybody was black. I had never seen that before in my life. And then I went to visit another friend. Um, maybe five years ago, I went to have dinner with her, her husband and her kids. She's Caucasian and her neighborhood, I didn't see any other race. Uh, people were outside. It was a beautiful day and they were doing things and it, it was shocking. I even asked her, hey, do you have any other races, black, Asian? And she said, I believe an Asian person lives down the street. However, everybody's just really friendly and, you know, uh, don't worry about it. And I wasn't worried at all. Um, it just was a shocker to me. So probably tomorrow or Wednesday, I will post the racism um, interview with my my guest that I do love so dearly. And just keep in mind, your truth isn't always somebody else's truth or what you feel in your heart isn't what always everybody else feels in their heart. And that's all I'm going to say about that for now. I do want to move to today's subject, which I didn't know was going to be today's subject until about 10 seconds ago, but I had a trying weekend. Um, my husband and I were at an event when I got a phone call that somebody I love truly and dearly and means like I give up my life for this person was hurt and they were hurt at the hands of somebody else on purpose. And, um, we're talking a one-year-old was purposely burned by a caregiver. And I was incensed. You guys have no idea how upset I was. And all I was thinking was, let me go ahead and go to her house and take care of this. But my husband and I were so far away and, and, and the baby was in the hospital, at the hospital, you know, being treated to being tended to by the, the emergency staff. And um, I promise you all the growth I've had over the last couple of years came into question because if you know me at all, you know my first, first thought was, 
I'm about to go take care of this street style right now. So me and my husband finally left. We left the uh, event early to go check on the baby. And um, her mom was telling me, we've been released. We're coming to your house. And I was like, no, no, we're coming to yours. So we beat her to her own house. And what changed? Okay. First, I want to let you guys know that if you haven't listened to my previous podcast, I've grown a lot. And I tell about how my first instinct used to be anger. And although I've never started a fight in my life, if you bring it to me, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm willing. I'm able. And um, I haven't always been like that. In my earlier years, I was quiet. I tried to avoid fighting and I tried to avoid confrontation. Um, I might have spoke louder than I bit. But once I hit my 18, 19, 20s, that changed. And I didn't want to be a doormat. I didn't want people to think they could speak to me or treat me any kind of way and not understand there were repercussions for their actions. So when people used to bring something to me, I would always oblige and give them exactly what they were looking for and then some. And I used to stay in trouble that way. You know, you go to jail for putting people in the hospital or things like that. And my anger boiled over. And that's almost how I felt this weekend. And I haven't felt that way in a long time. And I was just angry. We're riding and I'm angry and I'm angry and I'm angry. And all I'm thinking is, as soon as I get there, they're going to point out where this girl lives and I'm going to beat the brakes off of everybody in that house. Everybody. I, everybody getting it. Everybody's getting some. That's all I was thinking. And I realized my head was about to explode. You know, my husband's oblivious because he's driving and I'm just heated. Nothing's coming out of my mouth because the madder I get, the quieter I get. And I'm just thinking about what I'm going to do when I get there. And I think it, I do it. But then I close my eyes, you guys. And I prayed, Lord Jesus. I do not want to fall right back in the trap I crawled out of. You gave me a safety net and I put it around my waist and you pulled me out of those dark days. Father God, please help me not be so angry and put my attention where it needs to be. I'm a baby. I just have to have my attention in the right, sp right space. Because I could just see me going to jail. I could see it plainly. And then I wouldn't know anything because I wouldn't be available to spend time with this precious baby. So we beat the mom to the location. And um, as soon as she pulled up, I jumped out of the car. I probably fell out of that dang on truck. And as soon as she seen me, she was smiling and talking to me. Only the way a 14-month-year-old would talk and smiling. And we got into her place 
and she unbuckled that car seat and she came straight to me and was laughing and hugging on me and kissing on me and talking and I seen no pain. But I know what happened to her just a couple of hours before that. But it eased my heart and my soul. And for the first time ever in my life, you guys, I thought we're going to handle this the right way. We're going to handle this the right way. We're going to put it in the law's hands. So I said, listen, you need to report this to the police as abuse. And we're going to be so grateful because this could have been so much worse if it was not for the timing. You guys, the timing was impeccable. She knocked on the babysitter's door. She heard nothing. She knocked again, heard nothing, started knocking again. And then she heard her baby crying. And then she started beating on the door and the babysitter came to the door holding her baby who was just wailing crying like she'd never heard before. She didn't know what was wrong with her. It wasn't until she got her in the car and got home, which was right around the corner, seconds away, that she seen the baby was missing a huge patch of skin that was burned off on her belly. Imagine that. She asked, what happened? She had noodles. She knocked some noodles off the counter and they burned her. Now, you guys, come on. At the time, the baby had on blue jean overalls and a shirt. You mean to tell me she knocked over some over, uh, noodles that burned through overalls, through a shirt, happened to get on her skin in a perfect patch about five inches long, four to five inches long, and one inch wide, perfect on her belly. Now, I want you, if you're a woman, even if you're a man and you have a flat iron, not a flat iron, a curling iron in the house, go get one. And just put it up against your belly for a second. It's not going to lay flat. But if you just take that, it's about an inch wide and about four to five inches long. Perfect size of that burn on this baby's belly. Skin gone. No splatter on the feet, no burns on the legs, nowhere else. Now picture you knocking over the hottest thing you could, forget it being noodles, a hot, piping hot cup of tea. You just boil that water on the stove. And a baby knocks it over and burns themselves. What happens? It splatters. They're going to have little blisters maybe on their feet, on their legs, if they don't have on clothes. But now imagine they have on clothes. Nothing fit. So I said, call the police. And she did. And the police actually came out. And the police actually said they're coming back today. So it was the first time in my life I thought, down 911 because normally I'm like let's get street justice but for the first time I thought let me be sensible and then to take it even further <laughs> the baby's dad called me yesterday and said hey I'm on my way out there they're finna explain some stuff to me and I called him and he was already in his car driving and I said come to my house Let's talk. 
And he listened and he came to my house. And my husband and I sat down and talked to him. And I said, let's see how this plays out. Because here's what's going to happen. You go over there, you're going to do just what I was going to do. And this is how it's going to play out. I see it clearly. Let's be sensible. What will happen is you'll get there and either A, you're going to really hurt somebody. You're not going to have any understanding. You're going to end up in jail because it's a woman. She's going to press charges. And you're going to do a little time because you're going to do some damage. Or B, they're going to be ready. And we won't see you anymore. Play this out in your head. Don't be hot like I used to be. And he actually listened. And he went and sat on our couch and fell asleep because he had a little peace. I asked how the baby did through the night. And he said, she did fine. She didn't cry. She slept through the night. And you guys have to see how bad. Just picture laying an iron up against your skin for a few seconds and pulling it away and your skin coming with it. Imagine how that feels. She did fine. No tears. No more crying. Laughing, playing. So we had her for several hours yesterday. Never cried. Never cried. Didn't just laughed and talked and played. And, and it was a miracle, a blessing, and it soothes your heart. But we are handling it the right way. And I say this to say to you guys, sometimes your first instinct is anger towards an array of situations. You're angry and you can't see past that anger. Just close your eyes for a second, you guys. Close your eyes and think something pleasant or pray if you're a praying person. And ask God to remove that anger for a second and look at the bigger picture. Look at the end results of your anger. I never did that before. Never did that before yesterday or Saturday. In my life, I was angry and all I thought about was blood. Where I was going next because it, there was no reasoning with me. But sometimes you got to reason with yourself. And you got to think of the end result in the bigger picture. Is the end result you putting your hands on somebody? If so, then really think that's not the end result. The end result could be you doing serious damage to that person. The end result could be you going to jail. The end result could be you losing your job. The end result could be that person being stronger than you. The end result could be that person standing their ground. It's never going to go the way you think. Ever. Do not ever think that every fight I ever had, the end result was good. I never had a good end result. I just knew that I was angry and frustrated and it all came out through the knuckles on my hands. Even worse, sometimes the tip of my tongue, because the tongue is powerful. It's as powerful as those fists sometimes and those feet. It could say things that you'll never be able to take back. It also can end 
and results you were not expecting, you did not think about. Be careful how you use your words and how you use your hands. Your anger can result in a life change you were not expecting. But if you take a second, take some deep breaths, and really, really concentrate and pray or think about the end results and how you can have a better end result, you will do the right thing. Sometimes you just need to disconnect and remove yourself for a little while. I used to be the type of person, if I was mad at you and you didn't leave me alone, it made me madder. You know how people try to explain, oh no, you shouldn't be... I'm not that type of person. You can't explain when I'm mad. Just leave me alone. Don't call me. Don't text me. Don't come over. Leave me alone. And if you give me a couple of days, I will calm down. Then maybe you can come around and we could talk about it. But if you're bothering me at that moment, there's nothing you could say or do that is going to calm me. But if I remove myself and you let me have that time, it gives me time to think and see. And imagine what's going to happen if I stay in that angry state. If you need to do that, do that. Before you put your hands on somebody, before you are abusive, before you say the wrong things to the wrong people, remove yourself. Think about the end result. And if you need a day or two, disconnect. Power off your phone if you need to. Block people. I've actually done that once, to, you know, once I had my phone and understood my personality, I would actually block people for a couple of days so that they couldn't get through, so that they couldn't bother me. And that gave me time to think. And I swear to you, the more time that passed, the more irrational sometimes I would see myself. I would see, man, if I would have done this or said this, if I wouldn't have disconnected. I wouldn't have seen my own fault. Sometimes you can't see it for the anger. So really think before you act. Pray before you speak. Ask for God to bridle your tongue. Sit on your hands. Close your eyes and meditate. Do whatever it takes to not have an end result you will regret for the rest of your life. This is more serious today, but this is still your girl, S-O-N-Y-A dot M-C-Q-U-E-E-N 69 at Outlook.com. You can email me, and I always return emails, your thoughts, your feelings, and even future podcasts or if you want to be on the show. All right. Take care. Have a beautiful day. Talk to you again in two days.